Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Talking Impact Investing. And today I'm joined by a special guest, Andrea Orsak. Andrea is a co-founder of Mission C, a sustainability strategy advisory firm based in Amsterdam, Netherlands. She's also the ambassador of One Young World that promotes world's most impactful young leaders to create a change for the better world. And she has over 10 years of experience of consulting in risk management, strategy, and change management. Andrea, welcome to Talking Impact Investing. Thank you so much for having me, Matteo. I'm really looking forward to diving into this topic together for you. Me too, me too. And the topic for all the listeners today that we're going to discover more is circular economy. And Andrea, tell us more about what the term stands for. Oh, circular economy as a concept uh, has to be integrated uh, part of the strategy and of a sustainable development uh, for any country, for any company, and for us as individuals on our planet. So essentially, we're talking here about the different business models that we need to implement in order to assure that uh, we are getting best out of the resources we already have. And we're not creating waste uh, that is very often create the pollution that is the problem, gathering and uh, really accelerating the climate change. So we really want to change that. And circular economy is one of the really great solutions helping us to get there. Um, yeah, it's, it's not only about business models, but it's also about like how do we design overall the products and the services. And uh, yeah, it definitely also comes uh, with the change of the mindset. Definitely, yeah. Could you tell us one of your favorite examples of circular economy in action, either of one of the companies or maybe countries? <laughs> Uh, let me give you actually two examples, if that's okay with you. I'm going to use uh, one big and one smaller one. However, I also want to make it very, very clear that fortunately, there are more and more examples uh, popping up globally around the world. So being based uh, out of Amsterdam here in the Netherlands, one of the examples I love to use is a company called uh, Philips. I have some of you already recognized their products. It's a, it's a healthcare company. But besides the MRI machines, they're also creating uh, the consumer products like electric toothbrush. And uh, why I think it's a great example, they came up uh, with um, the model where they are still able to take back the old machines that they're selling uh, and providing to hospitals, for instance, or refurbish them, really ensure that the quality is absolutely um, new, but really, really well. And that way they are able to offer this product uh, to different uh, tier customers. And that way, the healthcare machine that is uh, typically saving lives can get to, to the right uh, place instead of saying waste, because this is what should typically happen in this current uh, stage of our economy based on uh, linearity. One business model that I find absolutely interesting is the directly to the consumers, and uh, I do believe it's going to be also more and more popular and more and more. Um, well, used in the future, it's a rental of a clothes. So, fashion industry, there are so many talks about how polluting this industry is, how much waste is being created because of the fast fashion mostly. And the rental business model, maybe some of us already recognize from the past, like when you're going to a special occasion and you're renting um, a suit or you're renting the wedding dress. However, the rental nowadays is also starting to focus on casual clothes. 
So instead of buying constantly clothes, wearing them three times a time, they will wait. Uh, rental in a fashion industry is giving us the opportunity to try different styles. So uh, look updated and ready for beautiful occasions that we have for our work, but also for our life without creating the cluster in our wardrobe. And that way, uh, the ease of spotting is utilized way better because uh, more uh, people can benefit from it. And of course, there is a financial model, so it's also a win-win for the provider of those rented clothes. And those are really just three examples. Um, looking at my phone, uh, we're also talking about new materials, so I'm having telecase. And uh, instead of being a typical plastic that breaks quickly and uh, can't be really composted, the Pelakin muscle with the bio-based uh, product, uh, looking absolutely beautiful, fulfilling the functionality and being compostable. So it's really well done over there as well. For sure. And going towards your company, Mission C, what are some of the solutions that you provide there and what kind of companies is it just small companies or maybe also bigger ones or governments uh, who do you serve yeah it's, it's really a combination of anything you mentioned Marty, because uh, we started uh, with a background in the management development and working uh, with the large and medium-sized companies and really providing strategy advisories so helping companies to look into um, how you could become a more efficient uh, create better impact in terms of um, not only financial, but also sustainability impact and social impact, really helping them to invest uh, the benefits of the circularity and of sustainability into their strategy. Uh, this comes, of course, with uh, mapping the baseline, where you are right now, where you would like to go, um, setting the target, then also helping them to adjust the overall business model, because that's indeed nowadays uh, the big uh, bottleneck uh, to become more sustainable. And uh, then, in order to make it really work and engage everyone to get everyone excited about the changes, also helping them to engage all the different stakeholders, external ones, so investors uh, and shareholders, but also internal ones, for instance, uh, really making their employees excited to work for companies that's creating a positive impact. Thanks. With your extensive experience in risk management and consulting, what are some examples of incorporating sustainability into business practices to kind of mitigate risks? That's a great question, because indeed, uh, very often people think that circularity is all about sustainability. However, if we really dive into that, uh, as people who are wearing also business hats, I know that's definitely your case too, will realize that it's uh, a really great way how to mitigate uh, the risk and how to do proper risk management even better. Because, of course, um, on one hand, we get all those uh, limited uh, resources. And, of course, for a company to get to those resources, you, you're having your supply chain, you're dependent on them because you need all those resources uh, to deliver all those products, to create them, to get them to your customers. And those resources are becoming more and more scarce, right? And also coming with quite a lot of uh, not only environmental, but also social impacts, like human rights and being involved into that as well. And uh, of course, uh, this uh, uh, volatility and the vulnerability of the supply chain definitely creates challenges. Uh, it's a huge dependency for a company. And uh, at the same time, on the other hand, we're having waste creation. And now many people don't realize that. But for a company to get rid of their waste, they're paying other companies to get rid of that waste. And it's 
well, such a waste, literally speaking, because you're paying money for something that should be still utilized uh, within your product suite and services offerings. So the goal of circular economy here is to really close the loop, so to say. So to talking in uh, risk management uh, terms, to really uh, lower your risk exposure to those hard limited resources and uh, your huge dependency on a supply chain. And especially during Corona, we could see that it was very easy to uh, get this whole process uh, uh, disrupted because, uh, well, the international travel was very limited. And the same goes also for the movement of food, right? And on the other hand, we're having, of course, the risk uh, linked to creation of pollution. So waste uh, is also translated as the pollution of the air, water, and uh, the landfill itself, so our soil, but we could definitely be for something else. And uh, well, I, I can imagine many of your peers, and you understand also very well that we come also with certain uh, regulatory requirements that the companies need to comply with. And if they don't, they're paying a lot of penalties. So if we can really figure out uh, how to utilize resources better, how not to create waste or better nicely figure out how to utilize secondary resources and still keep them within, within the life cycle, um, yeah, we are becoming more future-proof uh, from the management point of view, from the business point of view. Um, some food benefits um, linked to uh, cost, of course. There's a potential to lower your cost. You're at the same time having the potential to build stronger relations with all the different suppliers, uh, but also with your customers, because as we're changing business model, and if you're not just one of customers that you buy product and leave, but rather someone who's returning, renting for longer, paying for use, uh, having things uh, repaired, you're building very different um, relationships as well. And uh, yeah, besides being super compliant, becoming more sustainable, uh, you are at the same time attracting also young talent and overall the talent that's in the work for companies creating positive impact. So, so many benefits, if you ask me. Thank you so much for the compliment. You mentioned uh, different regulations. Uh, what role can governments play towards developing circularity around the world? Yeah. Yeah, they're playing a huge role, and they're absolutely crucial also to enable this transition. Because I strongly believe it's all about system change. So right now in the system, we're finding ourselves uh, in is unfortunately not working. A lot of resources being used, a lot of waste being created. And in order to change that, uh, it's not only about one individual um, stepping to single-use cups or a company, one company creating more sustainable products. It's really about the whole system changing. And for that, um, I really certainly believe having a regulation that will be punishing the ones uh, creating waste and uh, yeah, just uh, really wasting those resources needs to be punished and there needs to be incentives for the ones uh, trying and delivering results uh, for better impact through circularity. And for that, regulation is absolutely crucial. Uh, we can see that uh, in uh, quite some countries happening. Uh, one example would be European Union level, uh, where we do see that there is kind of like a, a goal to have neutrality of uh, European Union by year 2060 at a 100% level. And the uh, European Union would like to become 50% circular by year 2030. So we got nine years to get there. And there is, of course, European Green Deal and also a strategy for circularity 
uh, with certain rules, uh, recommendations, and guidelines, uh, what does this actually mean? And then, of course, on a country level, countries uh, should really be a big part of that because then they are responsible for ensuring that this is happening also on their national level. I'm going to use the example of the Netherlands, one of the biggest countries. The Netherlands also had the goal to become 100% circular by year 2050. 50% circular by year 2030. And then on a municipality level, city of Amsterdam actually also uh, has a circular economy strategy that was launched last year. And the goal is, again, super nicely linked exactly to the same goal. So if everything goes well, I do believe it can happen and it's possible. Amsterdam will be also 50% circular by year 2030. And then um, this is also leading by example in a way, because uh, you are also giving a signal to the companies that this is what we need on a systemic level. So regulation definitely plays a huge role. Yeah, that's awesome. If the city has so many incentives for companies, how would you say the perspective of the people, but also as a consultant of companies uh, within Netherlands is towards circularity? I, I do see quite some nice examples uh, where companies uh, understand that that's the way to go. And it's not only a burden in terms of uh, we have to change business model, but it's also a huge opportunity how to profile themselves on a market, how to appeal to new group of, so to say, conscious consumers that really want more sustainable products, that really care about the climate change mitigation and creating a better world for the next generation. And um, there is also a lot of innovation within circular economy, and uh, that's also quite a nice uh, area to tap into to develop uh, something uh, for which you need, again, a lot of resources because circularity starts already at the design, how we design those products, what materials do we use, what type of electricity do we use, um, is it a product that we're able to uh, upgrade uh, quite easily, so is it a modular product, is it a product that goes flat, can you repair it easily, um, and then of course uh, talking about uh, sharing economy or product as a service where you really pay for use, you really want to make sure that the product can be used by different customers and hence it has to be of a great quality, so quality being a crucial uh, work here, and uh, yeah, I am actually quite happy to see many, many examples coming from the Netherlands and not talking only about the product-based, the smaller companies, but really the large corporates. And uh, again, having large corporates on board uh, in this transition is crucial because if a large company that has operations literally across the whole world can change something, then the impact is absolutely tremendous. That's a great point. Uh, my next question to you would be, uh, what are some of the differences between small and bigger companies when they're starting out with incorporating circularity? What are some of the steps that each should consider? Mm, that's a very interesting uh, question. It depends also on the structure of the company, of course. Um, really looking at a large, large corporate uh, that has already defined certain business model and uh, their traditional running for so many years, for instance, uh, I can imagine uh, that some of them might find it difficult to change uh, because we're talking about the massive change, change of the business model that might have been working within the linear economy, but suddenly we need to really carefully rethink yeah, how to still retain uh, the business perspective and create a positive impact. Uh, 
but it always should be directly in the heart uh, of the company uh, coming uh, from the strategic point of view. So it's not about creating sustainability strategies. We're really looking into how we can invest the sustainability um, in a vision, in the purpose directly into the strategy of the company. And uh, the big benefit should be, of course, uh, resources. Resources in terms of uh, money that you might need uh, for such a change, um, access to capital, for instance, having certain uh, credit rating uh, established with some financial institutions. It definitely has a benefit of more people you can choose uh, from to work on such projects and helping you with that. And of course, being an established company, uh, also attracting uh, more people from outside is needed. Talking about smaller companies, huge benefits could be um, that uh, the company can be a little bit more flexible. Maybe changing something can happen a little bit faster. Um, flexibility definitely uh, being uh, quite crucial here. Um, at the same time, uh, as for good news, there's so many organizations uh, that are just freely providing a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience already. Um, well, I'd like to mention at least like uh, Ellen MacArthur Foundation that is really the thing when it comes to circularity and here in the Netherlands we have circular economy of a not-for-profit organization with a lot of knowledge, but also that the companies can group together in order to collaborate, learn from each other, share the lessons learned, um, join those resources even to become stronger. And uh, one of such platforms uh, is, for instance, uh, PACE, a platform for accelerating circular economy, where you can find uh, large companies as members, such as Coca-Cola, Philips, uh, BSM, and uh, many, many others as well. So I do believe both are capable of changing, and then depending on agility of the company, um, maybe it's going to be at a different scale, of course, uh, but smaller companies theoretically uh, do that faster. Awesome. There's a saying that uh, basically says that what's measured can be changed and improved. And when talking about circularity changes within companies, how can different businesses measure their circularity performance? This is the perfect uh, question, Matei, and also happy to say that nowadays uh, there are quite some metrics we can utilize. It's very important to measure because we always want to know whether something we've done is working or not, and that's also helping you to adjust and also see your progress. So when you're negotiating uh, with different stakeholders in a company, you're able to also prove that a business case that you developed worked and that you deserve maybe more resources for that. Um, I would say it always starts with creating a baseline, so really mapping carefully where is the stuff we are right now. Um, that comes, of course, uh, with the uh, supply chain, that comes with the business model, that comes with uh, really figuring out what are the financials and how we are also uh, making profits. And so then really looking into where we would like to get and what's the gap over there. And uh, as for the metrics, uh, we can really start uh, mapping, for instance, um, um, yeah, uh, what's the percentage of uh, the circularity nowadays? So really on a higher level in terms of materials that we're using, for instance, and secondary materials that are being brought into creation of the product. And we can also talk about uh, what is the recycling rate uh, nowadays? Do we have programs that take back already products that people consider at the end uh, of uh, their use? Because again, the end of product use doesn't mean the end of its life, right? If it's 
uh, not working for you, whether it's t-shirt or these ear mobilizers. That doesn't mean you have to throw it away. There could be still someone who can benefit from that. So um, yeah, that is also something important to really listen to that. And of course, we're talking also about the cost of this. And uh, there is a really great paper I'm very happy to share with you that was uh, quite recently launched, again, by this uh, paid platform in collaboration with Social Economy Organization based here in Amsterdam. And they uh, described the issue of uh, mapping all the different metrics. Again, if you're having um, uh, basic uh, social uh, assessment, uh, you're having, uh, of course, uh, the transition in behaviors, which is a paper that was very recently launched by the World Business Council for Sustainable Development and uh, consulting firm KPMG. Ellen MacArthur had, of course, uh, their metrics, and again, Boston Consulting Group introduced some metrics last year. So there's already quite a lot that can be used compared to, let's say, five years back. Excellent. My last question to you is what are you most excited about, about circularity, and where do you see the future of Mission C? is definitely a way how we can tackle uh, the greenhouse greenhouse uh, gases uh, that are currently a big challenge in terms of propelling uh, um, the climate change. Uh, it's definitely um, a way how to use what we already have better, how to lower our dependency on personal resources and really minimize uh, the waste production. And uh, I'm mostly excited about the fact that we need to think creative uh, and really use curiosity and creativity to come up with those new solutions. And uh, it's about time uh, all of us start to do that at all the different levels, uh, whether it's at a level of individuals, at a level of companies. And uh, I, I do believe uh, this is also great for us as humans because we are capable of change. Again, we can see it in this pandemic. And uh, one key metric uh, that is uh, well-known nowadays in the world, the world is only 8.6% circular based on the latest research, only launched uh, quite recently at the beginning of this year by circular economy. So I would say this comes with a tremendous opportunity. Because imagine more than 90% of products and services and how our world works still need to change. There's so much space for creativity, for innovation, uh, for really figuring out and um, doing things uh, the right way. So I'm excited to see a lot is going on. We need to uh, really ensure that everyone is on board. And uh, this comes also with collaboration, different partners, uh, joining forces, doing it all together, and together creating a better world. So this is super exciting for me. It's, it's not just like one company. It's really everything, everyone on board. Perfect. Yeah, it definitely is. At this time, I would really like to thank you uh, for sharing your knowledge and taking the time for joining us today at Talking Impact Investing and wish you best of luck in the future. Many thanks, Matthew. It was a pleasure talking to you. Really great question.